Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to another edition of the Better Together podcast. I am your co-host, Rosario Picardo. And I'm your other co-host, Callie Picardo. And today we have with us Pastor Jill Beck. Jill is a pastor down in the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. She's got three churches right now. One's a brand new church plant. She does a lot with recovery ministry as well. And she does a lot with creative ministry, fresh expressions, reaching people who wouldn't normally come in the doors of a traditional church. And so we're so excited to have her on the podcast today. Jill, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Jill, uh, you are doing a lot um, and you're juggling three churches, family and uh, marriage and everything else. How did you find your way into vocational ministry? So um, Michael and I, we we knew from day one that he was being called into um, ministry. And for so long, I thought that my role was just to support that. Right. And everything that that entails um, and taking care of things. And um, just to kind of give you the short version, um, he was meeting with the Board of Ordained Ministry. And I was at the Warren Willis camp um, praying quietly in the corner. And I heard God say, go. And I had no idea what that meant. Um, actually, I thought I was failing at this thing called prayer. Right. Like I'm supposed to be praying for my husband. But why am I hearing God's voice? And a couple of days later, um, I heard it again and I started asking God some questions and, um, he kind of took me through, through this time of meditation and prayer through my whole timeline of where my life was and where it is now, um, and kind of where it could be going. And it's just been a roller coaster ever since. That's awesome. And I love hearing that as a woman, you know, I feel like a lot of women kind of are, you know, doing their thing and, you know, especially if they've got a strong spouse and supporting and then all of a sudden they're like, wait, I'm called too. like you got, you've got something for me specifically. And so I love that. And um, Jill, tell us a little bit about the ministry that you're doing now. Yeah, so it has come full circle. Um, prior to being called into ministry and actually prior to being um, married to Michael, I was in um, a situation where I was a victim of domestic violence for many years. Um, I have three beautiful children out of that situation. Um, and so God just gave me blessing upon blessing, even through you know some hard times. Um, I was able to get out with the support and help of some very strong women in our community. Um, and it just really kind of rallied around me, provided uh, spaces for me. And I'm going to tell you that in the midst of that, I also had a couple of churches that reached out to me. Um, but most of the churches were more concerned with doing counseling for mm-hmm. um, myself and the perpetrator at the time. Um, and I never felt really safe. So um, I'm called into ministry and um, 
couple of years into it, when I'm like probably seven years into being a licensed local pastor, and uh, this opportunity falls at our feet to open up a transitional housing for women that are basically in the same situation that I was in before. Everything from um, violence um, to, you know, drug addiction, um, homelessness, you name it. And my goal is to provide a safe space where our number one objective is just that safety. Um, it's, it's about making sure that no harm is done, right? That's our Wesleyan way that, you know, we're, we're not being a part of that perpetuation of harm that, um, it just, it it becomes a safe spot. So. That's so awesome. I love how God's taken your story and brought it full circle. I mean, where, what was, uh, probably one of the hardest things you've ever gone through in life, I would imagine. I mean, I know I hate to say that and then like something else pops up. It's like, okay, that was, that wasn't as hard, but that's a major thing that you've come through. And now you're walking alongside people in the midst of that crisis. God's really done just some cool work. He's in your story to help others. You know, when, when you come from a place where you're told that you are not worth anything, um, and that no one is going to want you. And, um, you know, I was so young that I had no idea that there was this big, huge world out there with opportunities. Um, and I had burned a lot of bridges along the way because people didn't understand why I couldn't talk and why I couldn't tell what was going on. And so they, I I kind of fell through the cracks and I just want to make sure that the women in our community do not fall through the cracks, that they have a place, whether that means that we're providing housing for them or just resources, uh, a safe place for them to go. So what would you say to someone that is um, just just wondering if God could even use them, whether it's something that they've dealt with, like something they've gone through that makes yeah. them feel like, gosh, they don't have worth or um, whether they're just thinking, you know, not me, like I, someone else, someone else. But, you know, <laughs> well, God, you wouldn't call me, would you? I think we have to take a look at our core wounds um, and we have to be willing to be vulnerable in that, um, and not worry so much about the skills that come along with it, but just the doing, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, often, you know, I'm around here, the, the, the cook, the, you know, bathroom cleaner, the whatever, but that's what I have. And I have myself to give. Um, and I think that that's the most, um, that's the best that we can do in ministry is to just give of ourselves. right? It's self-donation just as Jesus does. And so um, as you've been traveling this road and how God, you know, uses our pain or in the words of Henry now, we become that wounded healer. Um, your communities that you're ministering to have a lot of similarities, but are different as well. Um, what are what are some of the similarities, would you say? And what are some of the different characteristics of the places you're ministering right now? So I would say all three are kind of a blended ecology um, of folks um, that, you know, I, I, our opening service here at Compassion, it was beautiful. We had one young woman who was, who stood up and enjoys and concerns. Her joy was she was one month absent of IV drug use. Mm. Like, wow, 
right? Like what church can you stand up and really kind of just celebrate that? And people come around you. And in the corner was the judge, the drug court judge who had sentenced her a year ago to probation. Hmm. And they're all in the same room together. And those are the kinds of things that just, you know, I guess for lack of better words, they warm my heart. You know, you get strangely warmed, but at the same time, it's, I think that is the church that Christ has called us to. And I think that is the church that each and every one of us, no matter where we're at, what community we're in, we can model that. What's your hope for the folks coming to the, to this new church? Mm. They find a safe place to call home. And so with the church, explain the relationship, because this is a unique way of doing church, maximizing your relationships and facilities and connections. Um, share a little bit about how all that works. So the building itself was vacant. Um, the previous church who occupied the space had left the denomination um, and as you know, we have so many spaces like that all across, you know, the United States, um, just spaces that are left vacant and it's, it's, they look abandoned. And what does that say about, you know, church and United Methodists? And so we, we began to dream up, what can we do with that? Um, what would it look like to move, you know, into this space and not just do church the way we've always done church, but on a Sunday morning, We've got folks standing up giving testimonies as part of the sermon. Um, we're doing dinner church on Tuesday nights because you know what? Folks are working on Sundays and we're acknowledging that, that we can't do what we've always done in the way that we've always done it um, because we have a dying church and what we've always done is not working. You mean you can go to church not on a Sunday and that counts as going to church? I know, right? Isn't that like... <laughs> That's like amazing that we've even, you know, how has that gotten by us, you know, for so, so long, so many centuries, but yeah, it, it's, so we've got Tuesday nights, we've got AA meetings going on here. We've got gatherings. We have fresh expressions. We are only a month into this and we already have fresh expressions that are coming out of this church and folks that are meeting in restaurants with, you know, 30 other people. Oh, and it's wow. like, you know, now the question is, do we add those to our weekly attendance? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Absolutely. Yeah, that counts. That's people being yeah. reached. And um, I know we've heard a lot about fresh expressions and your husband Michael's done a lot with that. Um, but some of the listeners might, might not be as familiar with that. I mean, you know, how do you decide if you're going to do a fresh expression? Because I mean, you have to be a pastor. There might be some folks listening um, that they've got a network that's prime and perfect for a fresh expression of the church. And they don't even know it. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm not Michael. I haven't written any books on this. Um, and the way but you've I lived it. it, yeah, the way I explain it to everyday people is I'm like, where are you already doing life? Where are the places and the spaces that you're already doing things and where are your friends, right? Where are the people that, you know, I know that we have all of this language around it and that's great. But for some of our laity, that's exactly what you're saying, Callie, that they're looking for, like, how do I do this? And I say, just do it. You know, go in and start the conversations and see where it leads. I don't, I, I don't like the word failure in the sense that we use it as such a negative thing. Um, but I think that, you know, even when we fail forward 
and it doesn't work in that space, there might be some other place that we, we could do, you know, the same end. So, yeah. So with those fresh expressions, are people, are, are you getting at the Bible? Are you leading a whole Bible study? You know, how, how do you do that? I I don't really lead a Bible study in fresh expressions. Um, a lot of times, you know, the conversation organically happens. We were at um, a burrito joint last night and we had about eight people sitting around the table and we just started talking about the passage from the Sunday before mm-hmm. and it organically started happening and people are asking questions. And next thing you know, somebody that's at the table across from us came and said, hey, can I ask you a question? <laughs> no, because they overheard what was going on. And that's how yeah. simple it is. That's so awesome. I love yeah. it. So you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a pastor. Absolutely you just have not. to get some people together and that's ask it. good questions and have conversation that's and pursue God together. Right. That's right. And in one of your churches, you have a recovery community that actually lives in the church. How does, how does that work? So that's the same model that we're trying over here at Compassion for the Women. Um, Open Arms Village is a transitional holistic housing for men um, that might be experiencing addiction, homelessness, um, you know, anything and above. Um, They're housed there. We have about 22 to 24 men at any given time that come and they stay for nine, nine, it's nine to 12 months um, program. They are taught things like life skills, how to get a checking account. They hold jobs. They pay off probation. They pay off child support. They do all of those normal things that sometimes we take for granted that people should just know how to do. But when you've been stuck, um, in addiction, you know, for, you know, 10, 20 years, some of them, you know, you lose the ability to be able to live the way that we think normal people should live. You know, we, we miss those life skills. So. That's really cool. Yeah. So Jill, what, you you know, this journey, starting these churches, doing all the fresh expressions, being in ministry and family life as well. I mean, what what do you learn? What have you been learning about God lately, um, and about yourself through this journey? Yeah, that first I want to say that I know that um, my my life is exactly where it's supposed to be, um, where it's always been meant to be, and that God can take a mess and make a message out of it. Mm-hmm. And had I never gone through the things that I went through in my past. I would not be able to tell the story that I do today. And that story can reach people that maybe you or someone else can't reach. And I think that we all have that story inside of us, right? That our own experiences are there and to be used um, to carry the message of Jesus Christ, which is really about grace and mercy and love. And I look back and that's, you know, even in the hard times, um, God was there. And, and carrying me through. So, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning, number one, how to say no. It's um, <laughs> a hard word to say sometimes. really hard because, you know, I'm trying to make up for lost time. I'm like, I'm still living in that flesh. I'm like, okay, I wasted, you know, all these, this time where I didn't recognize what you were doing in my life. God, now I got to rush and I got to get it all done. But I'm also learning when I say no to reach out my hand and say, but if you help me, if you can come alongside and we can do this together, we can get it done. 
what um you know you named one of your churches compassion church where where did you come up with the name like i've not heard of compassion church before okay so we were sitting in bible study at saint mark's one night and michael had come up with a whole bunch of names um i had come up with a couple of names and we brought it to our bible study um and we have a sweet soul um, Amy, who is a person with disabilities. Um, she is just, she journeyed with us. We've known her. She's in her thirties now. We've known her since she was about 16. We've sat in the same pew every Sunday together. And she broke into the conversation because nobody could decide. And she said, does it really matter what we call the church? Because it's God's church and God is compassion." And literally there was like 10 of us in the room. We all kind of stopped and looked at each other. Like, that's it. It's compassion. UMC. Wow. Yeah. That is uh, a Holy spirit moment right there. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So Jill, as we kind of wrap up our time together, what challenge would you give those listening to the podcast today? What would you leave them as your encouraging word to them as they try to live out their faith in this life and how how we can live better together on this world? You know, Candace Lewis, uh, Reverend Dr. Candace Lewis has been ringing in my ears lately. Um, We have to do the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so it might not sound that encouraging, but just get up and do it. I I think that's really, you know, at the end of the day, there, there are mornings that I get up and I'm exhausted, right? Three churches, uh, eight children, 10 grandchildren, two pugs, and y'all know who my husband is. So, (laughs) you know, it's a lot, but I get up every day and I just do it and we have to do the hard stuff and we have to keep doing it. Um, and, and that's how we make a difference. We have a friend in our church who recently gave her testimony and her words keep ringing in my ear. And she said, life doesn't get any easier. In fact, it seems to keep getting harder, but God keeps helping me with the harder. And so um, even though it's hard, we don't have to let hard scare us because we know how big our God is. That's right. That's right. Well, Jill, thanks for taking the time. And um, we want to just challenge our listeners to live out their calling wherever they find themselves. And surround themselves with the right people that will encourage them along the way and how God will take our mess and make it our message. He'll take our past and offer it up to uh, himself as something beautiful. So thank you, Jill. Until next time, friends, remember we are better together. God bless.